Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is the man who was brainwashed into thinking Montana of the Enforcers isn't terrible, my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm great. I'm so glad Montana's coming back. I, I have purposely not mentioned him because I know he's not your favorite character, right? He's terrible. <laughs> That's kind of why I like him. He's he's a strange and terrible aberration in Spider-Man. Well, what I hope wasn't terrible was these three issues. Before I talk about how I feel about these books, why don't you tell us what happened in these issues? Okay, three of them today. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 59, the brand of the brainwasher. We open with Spidey still on the run from the police as he makes his way to a hospitalized Aunt May. After reviving Aunt May with his presence, Peter heads to the police station, where he gives an account of being kidnapped by Spider-Man. Afterwards, Captain Stacy takes Peter home to show him further evidence of Spidey's innocence, where Peter also runs into a big kiss and embrace from Gwen. James B., you're the expert on the ladies of Peter Parker. What'd you think of this? We have Captain Stacy, uh, George, in the background saying like, oh, when I, I was young once too, kids, I get it, which is like really awkward. Um, that's not something I would say, by the way, as a father. I wouldn't be like, yeah, Me either. No, no, not at all. All right. Tell us a little bit more about what's happening in, in issue 59, the brand of the brainwasher. Meanwhile, at the Gloomer Room Agogo, a Copacabana-style club. The brainwasher and his accomplices plan to invite city officials and hypnotize them at the club. Can't fail when they put an innocent go-go dancing MJ in charge of a hypnotic camera. <laughs> she she actually does her job exactly as planned, right? You know, she, she, te- she tells them, like, no problem, I'm going to do this. And they're like, you better. And she's like, yep, no problem. And she, she does it good. Um, but Eddie, one thing I noticed was we had just come off of a bunch of issues where Spider-Man had amnesia. Yes. Now we right. head over to talk about brainwashing. And I thought at first, okay, they're getting lazy. They're just going to have all these issues about people not having memories and forgetting uh-huh. things and not being yeah. able to control. And then for whatever reason, I decided to like type uh, in the search bar of Google, like brainwashing in the 1960s. And mm. up popped up like the Cold War. Um, uh-huh. And the 1959 book, uh, The Manchurian Candidate. Have you ever heard of the story? It's oh, also yes. A movie. Yeah. Uh, that's 1962, yeah. the movie. And I'm like, oh, that's and right. I'm like thinking there's political figures in this one. So I think this is what's going on right now in America that the people are thinking there's communism running rampant and people are uh, being convinced know. of, you know, was it was McCarthyism something that's going on at the same time too? I lose track of which I, which year, but I would say yes. The Red Scare and all this other stuff. So I think that's what I think that's what they're sneaking in here. I think that's why people are being brainwashed. What do you think? Interesting. I I think it's a yeah, it's a good allusion to being brainwashed by communists. I guess. Yeah. Well, we've had a couple issues now which have been about this sort of. The, the issues have been a little different now. They're not as many. Uh, like crazy, oh no, I've turned into Electro because I've got electricity. I'm a shocker. You know, it's more of these like regular people who have like, I have a brainwashing machine or I, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. It's been like this for a little bit now. Like who was the last supervillain who was kind of like a supervillain we came across? Can you think? Um, We've had Kingpin recently in recent memory. But he's like a regular person, right? Oh, that's true. Who's like an enhanced, um, 
I think it's only like Doc Ock, I guess. Because I'm like, Kazar was, was not really a villain, right? No, it's true. Doc Ock. Okay, and Doc Ock just came back, sure. But Doc Ock, even when he's running around, right? Doc he can Ock take is, a, yeah. yeah, go ahead. He can take his arms off now. So, like, he's just a normal guy. He's kind of like a arms. mobster, isn't he? He is. He is. He's a mobster, too. He's like a regular person. He can go have tea and rent a room at Aunt May's house. So we're sort of losing the supervillains with you know all these powers. We just have a little bit of guys with a little bit of gadgets. It's more James Bond. Ah, it's so. it's interesting. I, I think I'll say one last point on the brainwashing. I, I think there was a lot of kind of uh, psychoactive you know, drug use going on in the world at the time. So a lot of experimentation hmm. with the mind perhaps is also occurring. Sure. It's an interesting point. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to hear the end of uh, 59? Let's go. That evening, Peter, Harry, and Gwen head to the club to see MJ's performance. Captain Stacy is in attendance along with half a dozen other city officials. MJ's modified camera is hypnotizing officials perfectly until a recently photographed Captain Stacy becomes ill and Peter, Harry, and Gwen become suspicious. Peter sneaks off to change into Spider-Man, discovers the brainwashing plot, saves NJ, MJ from a close call, and nearly gets his hands on the brainwasher until the Kingpin grabs him. James B., were you surprised the Kingpin showed at the end? I was super duper surprised. I... It, <laughs> I was, it was like, I looked around the room and there was no one else. So I could be like, oh my God, did you see this? It was that kind of level of surprise, Eddie. How about you? You think the same thing? Here we, here we thought there was a C-class villain that we were going to have to stumble through. And boom, we get the big, the big guy, the kingpin himself at the end. It was very exciting. Yeah, it made the issue, which I thought was going to be trash, like completely valid all of a sudden. I was like, oh, this is a good issue now. Just because the kingpin was in it. I really did. I, I'm... I'm sticking yeah. with that story. If you put, if if it had been like uh, Blackie Gaxton or Blackie Drago <laughs> or uh, uh, Lucky Lobo, I would have been like, you know, H59 right. sucks. But the fact <laughs> it was a kingpin, I'm just like, I needed to know what's going on immediately. So, um, yeah. speaking of which, Amazing Spider-Man 60, Oh Bitter Victory, rolls right from from the next scene, right? Yes, it continues right on. Um, in the back room of the gloom room of Go-Go, Spidey and the Kingpin are exchanging blows next to the brainwashing machine. Spidey gets electrocuted when he's thrown into the machine and flees. Fortunately for the Kingpin, the machine isn't broken, and he's able to finish hypnotizing Captain Stacy. Fortunately. M- <laughs> Lucky him. While MJ is frantically trying to find Gwen to tell her her dad is in trouble. Captain Stacy appears and reassures everyone that everything is okay. Eddie, you just said MJ is frantic. Does MJ ever get frantic? She seems so chill, Daddy-O, all the time. I, 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 I think it's the most frantic we've ever seen MJ to this point. But she is immediately back into her typical character. Like... Maybe one panel of franticness, two panels. There's a point where she has a man with a gun drawn on her as a hostage, and she's concerned, but it all seems to be fine, I don't know, 20 minutes later. <laughs> right. One other time that I notice MJ is not the same relaxed MJ is when she's kind of sparring with Gwen. When they spar with each other, she does turn up the heat a little bit more than when she's... She's not really like cool and relaxed when she's around Gwen, you know? 
that's true. That we've talked about how she should have icy bubbles around <laughs> her words, all the way, all the way back to serving hamburgers early on. <laughs> correct. correct. Mm. Although there, there were, um, she was when she was dancing, uh, she was kind of shooting her barbs in her thought bubbles at Gwen, but Gwen was uh, a little more accepting of it. Gwen was sort of like, "Nice job," you know. Yeah. And then she's like, I, I mean, yeah, coming from you, blue eyes, that means a lot. It was kind of what she was saying back and forth. So. All right. Well, moving on here in uh, 60. Meanwhile, Spidey is having double vision after his tussle with the kingpin. While resting, Peter has nightmares about the hypnotized Captain Stacy. Why, why, why does he have double vision? He got electrocuted because the kingpin threw him into the brainwashing machine. And, and the result I, was he can't see straight? That's what they... I, He's been injured many times before. This has never come up, so okay. I'd be very concerned. This, you know, like, his injuries are getting worse as he's getting injured. I'm just thinking so. you're the you're the writer, and you're like, um, let's do this, and and he's going to get double vision. I'm like, what? Okay, I guess it's not even a very clear blow to the head, but it's more like he's con- oh, well. it's more like he's concussed. Is that what we're kind of that, going for? That's you exactly what I thought. I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, there's a, there's a lot of concussions that happen. I feel like in this these three comics yeah. yeah he can't just immediately go back into action but more importantly james b he has a dream that he wakes up and there's a revelation about gwen and now it's time for our let's read spider-man feature the ladies of peter parker's life james b how can i battle the father of the girl i love that's right Ooh. the girl i love he admits it to himself <laughs> he's he's in love with Gwen Stacy. Why did it take this long to realize that, Peter? And I think he's dating MJ still, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm the expert, you. but I'm still asking you. I'm, I'm going to make the call that I think he's dating MJ. I, I thought he keeps blowing her off. No? But he's dating her. Boy, I'm glad you're here to do this feature, James, well, because well, maybe I missed something. Well, he kissed, according to you, he kissed Gwen. Yes, he did. I I think he did. I've never seen him kiss MJ. No. And that's, that's definitely true. the girl he shows up arm in arm with, and they're like, they're, you know, where's your boyfriend, Peter Parker, kind of. Um, so Gwen's with Harry. I've seen Harry say that a few issues ago. This is my girl. You know, she's like, MJ's always like, uh, you better keep an eye on Peter. He's kind of going for your girl. And, oh, you're, what a caution you are. You know, <laughs> you're the best tonic I got for laughter. I mean, you know, nobody believes... But when MJ's pointing out the fact that Peter's going for Gwen, and Harry never seems to see this coming. Um, the last thing I wanted to say, because at one point when, when he stops by, he says, I, I, can I stop by for a minute? And she says, it's not very flattering to me if you only want to stay for a minute. And his response is, would you believe forever? And she's like, try me, Mr. Parker. Okay, sorry, please continue with the what happens there since he's there. <laughs> Uh, he decides to go to Gwen's house and confront the captain. Captain Stacy becomes violent, and Peter pushes him to the floor just as Gwen walks in. As Peter is leaving, the captain calls the kingpin to let him know how pesky Peter Parker is nosing about. The kingpin sends two men to silence Peter at his apartment, but they rough up Harry instead. This forces a still-weakened Spidey to enact a plan that will prove Captain Stacy is not of sound mind. Spidey manages to photograph the captain and some goons breaking into the law or breaking the law at police headquarters and J. Jonah Jameson happily publishes the exclusive scoop 
showing the crime. Gwen is not happy. At the end of this issue, should Gwen be upset more at Peter for taking these pictures or at her father for getting caught in this photo? What should Gwen be thinking? I think the big problem with Gwen is she seems to always side with her father here, which is understandable. And how can she be upset that Peter has simply done his job and he like did it really well? He caught a prominent figure breaking the law in a serious big way with a picture. And she should really be asking like, why is my father breaking the law? So, you know, Eddie, we did a, podcast recently on the amazing spider-man uh, andrew garfield 2012 movie yes, yes. and uh someone in the podcast was concerned because gwen says to her dad dad protect my boyfriend <laughs> yes. and you said why is gwen telling her father to protect her boyfriend of one month you were very concerned about this, that she should be siding with her dad, who she's known her whole life. We're now you're telling thing. me that you think her dad, who, as far as I can tell, is alone. I don't even think she has a mom, right? There's no mom in this uh, issue. There's been no mention of a mom. That's true. You think that her dad, who Peter has thrown to the ground, right? Her boyfriend. <laughs> right. That's true. And that she should true. be like... You know what, Dad? I'm going to go with the guy who chucked you to the ground who I've been dating for zero days, actually, right? You know, he's gone to the science museum with her. And forget you, who's been with me my whole life. What are you talking about, Eddie? Well, you're you're making a strong argument, but having a picture in hand of him breaking the law, I, I just think this raises major questions, I guess. We need, you're correct. We need to take this in some context because it does appear that Peter has it out for Captain Stacy in one way or another. Throwing him to the ground, coming to the house, and now trying to incriminate him. Uh, also, Eddie, are you saying uh, I'm being? Are you saying that yes. things printed in the Daily Bugle <laughs> is how you determine what's right and wrong? As a legitimate source of information. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I think he might get, you, you might have me on this one, James B. <laughs> the right. Daily. I'm citing the Daily Bugle as my serious scholarly text. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Not, not reliable. <laughs> uh, that's funny, James B. <laughs> All right. Uh, James B., one last thing. The characters in this in these two comics, they has a profound density come over all the characters in this comic. Uh, how do they not know Peter is Spider-Man? I mean, there seems to be so much evidence here that Peter Parker is extremely closely related to Spider-Man. And come on, guys, there's no flash to talk about how puny he is anymore. <laughs> well, there's something that happens in the next issue. I'll talk about that will sort of um, uh, that will sort of add to your argument a little bit. But right. before we talk about the next issue, are you ready for our sponsor today? Totally ready. Okay. Eddie, would you like to have a free picture of yourself 
all dressed up nicey-nice? Of course. <laughs> Why not? Well, you should come to Gloom Room A-Go-Go. We have a pretty dancer who will keep your mind off all of your troubles. Plus, between numbers, she will waltz around the place, snapping free pics of the people sitting at select tables and then back up to dance. Some say her footwork is from Favsville. So hopefully you get yourself an invitation from the owner. But if you don't, come on down anyway. Uh, brainwashing is likely. Jacket and tie are required. Blurred brain, a common side effect. Open one night only. Guess that Tenny will not be able to disobey. Follow us on Instagram for details, including time and parking options. Eddie, would you like to take your wife out for a nice night at Gloom Room Go-Go? <laughs> well, well, I'm not a prominent city official or a retired police captain, so I, perhaps, perhaps, because I, I may not be in the brainwashing category, but I... <laughs> It seems very suspicious. I'm, if I start committing crime, if I go there, James B, uh-huh. and I start committing crimes afterwards, can you please like <laughs> alert the authorities or help me out? Um, sure. sure. Apparently, <laughs> you should be okay. Don't sit in the chair. The chairs have stars on them too. I don't know if you noticed that in, in the. In I the noticed. Issue. I noticed you takes you have to only with the stars on them. They don't want any riffraff. I'm sure I'd be the riffraff, so I'd probably be safe. But you know what? I'm going to pass on brainwashing for today. <laughs> Thank you for at least considering uh, taking your wife out for a free night and a nice picture. You know, a nice picture itself. I don't understand why that's not enough to get you to go out there for a photograph. But okay. Um, tell us what happened in the final oh, issue my. of the this trilogy, we'll call it. Yeah. Yes. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 61. What a tangled web we weave. Uh, we begin with Gwen finally realizing something is wrong with their still hypnotized dad. After an awkward conversation, they leave to go on the run from the law. Meanwhile, MJ heads to the go-go club to pick up a check with Harry, but it's closed. Harry has to depart to see his dad. Speaking of Norman Osborn, uh, he is in his office feeling uneasy when looking at an article about the Green Goblin and is irritated with Winkler, a scientist, for ordering equipment to his plant without authorization. Winkler, of course, is working for the Kingpin and has rebuilt the brainwashing machine secretly within Norman's factory. Then, on page 70, Peter finally puts a gas mask on. Could this be the end of gas attacks on Spidey? I was... I was... I, we both thought it, right? Like, this was amazing. Yeah. We're like, thank goodness. I, it, it was almost as satisfying and... I guess surprising is seeing the kingpin at the end of 59. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, I'm going to continue on James B while Spidey swings off to find a lead. We see captain Stacy and Gwen captured by the kingpin's henchmen at the airport. They take them to the kingpin inside Norman's factory where he precariously ties the Stacy's together. Just as things look bad for the Stacy's Spider-Man crashes in to battle kingpin. While leaving work, a suspicious Norman comes up upon the battle and tackles a gun-wielding Winkler. The gun accidentally goes off, creating an explosion that endangers the still-tied-together Stacys. Spidey saves the Stacys as the kingpin gets away. Norman suffers mild trauma from the explosion, but manages to clear Captain Stacy's name with the police, while Gwen thinks Spidey is quite the hero. Before before we move on, I wanted to mention... 
you said, you know, a gun goes off, accidentally yes. creates an explosion. Right. I, I had to reread that section twice because the tussle with the gun shoots off, creates the explosion. It kills Winkler. Yes. As well, even though he he's right with Norman Osborn, right. who does not take any damage in this explosion. Uh, just a lot of, you know, hey, how are we going to wrap up these issues? These, this tends to happen a lot in Amazing Spider-Man books where I really like the story, like it's going, and then you get to the very end and you're like, wait, what just happened? How how did Smythe die? Or who shot him? You know, you're kind of like <laughs> having to double check what happened at the end here, when, especially when someone dies. Yeah. So dramatically. Yeah. So. Well, he's just a lucky guy, Norman Osborn. What can we say? <laughs> yeah, he's a lucky guy. Sure. <laughs> he's got a great kid. Uh, he certainly does. James B., what do you think of the Kingpin? You know, the Kingpin, in on one page, he grabs a chair, a steel chair. Yes. And he starts bending it and crushing it. He can crush a steel chair. He's, like, angry at them. Like, oh, I'm going to do it. He crushes a steel chair. When he grabs Spider-Man by the ankles, which is a reoccurring thing, he's done it a couple of times, he swings him around. Yeah. Um, why doesn't he just break his leg if he can crush a chair, a steel I, chair, right? I guess it's because Spidey's too, he's too wiggly. He, he can get out of these situations too easily. Like, I don't know, it would give Spidey too much time if he's tried to crush him. He just seems really, really strong. And... I know Doc Ock has the arms that he swings around, but they're yes. making the Kingpin like superhuman strong. We can crush a he, steel chair. Un, I keep waiting for some explanation about why the Kingpin is so incredibly strong. I mean, he can go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man, and Spider-Man can defeat 20 of you know the Master Planner's goons at the same time, no problem, getting punched like crazy. And he can defeat, you know... The lizard, whose skin can stop bullets and is super strong, yep. uh, it 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 seems unreasonable that the kingpin could go toe to toe with Spidey. Agreed. And at the same time, you know, like, you know, I'm glad he can. It makes it a little more interesting that he doesn't have problems with Spider-Man when they fight. He gets beaten up by Spider-Man here at the end. He does. It's like the first time we see the kingpin like knocked to the ground, right? Correct. He, we haven't seen him really lose like that ever but he's fast so, enough to run away too incredibly fast but he's gone he's like in a helicopter which is her favorite uh vehicle of the 60s yeah a... <laughs> there's always a helicopter somewhere yeah. and he's out and he's gone so well, i just i think back to at the end of 59 when the kingpin appears so suddenly and that that really like just changes the perspective because we know as soon as we see the kingpin we know something very clever is going to happen. And the whole, like, like the Kingpin figuring out that Peter Parker is a big problem through Captain Stacy. Captain Stacy calls the Kingpin and says, Peter Parker's nosing around our business. Um, this adds a, a another layer to how much the Kingpin controls his world and the world around him. Like, Spider-Man is going to have huge problems with this guy because he clearly has a large network of, you know, people that... Are, are around him that he can employ to solve his problems. And instead of like going head to head with Spider-Man, he, he pulls like a green goblin kind of thing where he always gets away right when it looks the worst to fight another day. I, I just think he's a really clever character. And when we see him, it just ups the ante of whatever issue we're reading, you know? Yeah. I, I, I hear you. 
Um, we're uh, we're starting to run out of time here, so we might need to uh, do a summary. But I have I have a list of things I wanted to get to. I just want to do one more. If you don't okay. Mind. Uh, page 18. You don't have to follow along. Um, in issue 61, uh, Spider-Man sees that Gwen and her dad are in trouble because the big uh-huh. bat or whatever it is is going to fall on them. And he's jumping to save them, and he yells, "Gwen, Gwen!" Yes. Never. Didn't get brought up anywhere, but how does Spider-Man know Gwen's name? It's just this is why they should know who he is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if they don't know who he is, yeah. I didn't even see that, James B. That's a huge moment. Yep. Interesting. You know, he rescues MJ in, in a couple issues back. You know, in the in this podcast. In sixty or yes, in sixty he rescues her. Yeah, and you and you know what she says to him. <laughs> She's looking for his brother. His brother. You have any brothers? Right. Which is so on so many levels. She. It implies. It implies that he's not available. True. So like she's like, oh, you're not available. Do you have any brothers? You know, she doesn't say like, I love you, Spider-Man. She's like, do you have any brothers? It's kind of weird that such a. Weird I guess so. I guess he's so unattainable for the average person, though. Okay. That's how I interpreted that as being just like impossible to associate with normal people. Nice. Didn't think that. So, yeah, that's how I thought of that. And I, and I just thought, unfortunately, I just thought it was another chance for the writers to make MJ sound really dumb. It upsets me so much how dumb she comes across so often. Ugh, bothers me. You want to you want to summarize these for me? What what happened in these uh, three issues? All right, give me some stuff. All right, I, I'm going to start. Off, <laughs> I'm going to start off with right where I I just finished. I hate how dumb they make make MJ look. Um, the Kingpin is the most clever, powerful, and ruthless villain Spider-Man's ever encountered. Peter is in love. <laughs> Captain Stacy is around, and he's very important. Um. Norman is hinting that he might be the Green Goblin again. Anything to add from you, James B? Aunt May is always going to be in bed. That's all I got. That's all you got? You covered <laughs> all right. I think you covered everything else. Yeah, I mean, I hit the. I tried to hit the big yeah. ones. What did we learn from this issue? Yep. So, bullets. All right. Um, time to close the issue. You can always find us at Let's Read Spider Man at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter. Our Let's Read Spider Man account is at Let's Read Spidey. And Eddie, we actually got a nice little notification on Twitter um, that I wanted to share with you. All right. It was from at Kevin Ewing22, and it said, at Let's Read Spidey, just wanted to say I've recently discovered the podcast and am starting from the beginning. Six episodes in, and it's a lot of fun to listen to. The sponsors are delightful. Kudos to James B. and Eddie. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But it's not quite an email, but since we never get emails, Kevin <laughs> will take the tweet. I think emails are for old people, Eddie. That's our problem. I, I think that is our problem, James B. I think a tweet is better than an email. <laughs> well, we need we need like a, a tweet sound effect then. <laughs> uh.
thank you so much for listening to us today. Eddie, what you got? And remember, listeners, the Daily Bugle is a terrible source of information. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>